you have to assess where you are in regards to your your culture. Do you have a culture where voice is prevalent yeah. or where silence is prevalent? Hello and welcome to Let's Talk About EX, a show that discusses big challenges and ideas surrounding workplace culture, employee experience and more. Each episode I chew the fat with different thought leaders, experts and interesting people to bring you fresh insights, impactful ideas and practical strategies in this space. I'm your host, Ryan McGrory, founder of Exona, and in this episode I catch up with Russell Robinson, founder of Amplified Research and Consulting. Russell is also an adjunct professor of key executive leadership at American University in Washington, D.C. in the U.S., and I had a great chat with him listening to his insights on engagement, diversity and inclusion, and employee voice and silence, and I even got to meet his pretty cool and intelligent alter ego, Dr. Russ. Enjoy. Russell, how are you? Ryan, how you doing today, man? I'm excited. It's, I, it's evening also, for me, and so it's what afternoon for you? Yeah, uh, pretty much. What are we at? Quarter, quarter to twelve right now. Yeah, so I appreciate you staying up late to have a chat with me, man. Oh, this, this is great. Oh, I'm I'm good. It's you know I've never taped a pod at quarter to ten at night, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel very privileged. Thank you. Um, I wanted to ask, what are you what are you researching at the moment? Yeah, so there are a couple things hot to me right now. Um, mm-hmm. I'm always doing research on uh, my wheelhouse, which is employee engagement, employee voice, employee silence. Uh, I think over the past couple of years, especially here in the States, I found myself, uh, I was fighting at first, but I found myself being pulled into uh, the whole diversity and inclusion game. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually in the process of writing uh, an article for a journal here on, on based on training, uh, improving training through the diversity and inclusion prism. So engagement, voice, diversity, and inclusion are three things I'm working right now. Fantastic. Excellent. And I think I think a lot of people will be familiar with um with engagement. You know, it's been around been around for a while, but I'm I'm interested to 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 understand what you mean by the concept of employee voice and silence. Yeah. So you know I start off by saying like I got to give you engagement first. And, and I'm, you know, I'm not going to give you a bunch of academic stuff. <laughs> think about the, the, think about the best job you've ever had. When I talk to people about the best job they ever had, yeah. they talk about feeling valued, feeling empowered. Yeah. Uh, they can be their full selves, you know, psychologically safe. Mm-hmm. They work for inspiring leaders. They're confident and they work in open and safe cultures. Conversely, when you ask people about the worst jobs they've ever had, mm-hmm. They didn't feel valued. They were fearful. Yeah. There was, uh, if you're fearful, there's a lack of trust. There was lack of trust. They felt overwhelmed. They felt yeah. useless. Um, and and there's a similarity there to employee voice on the on the the best job, the engagement side. Yeah. And there's a similarity to silence on the disengagement and the worst job side. So, um. Let me let me jump into Dr. Russ for a second. <laughs> I'll let, I'll, well, I like Dr. Russ. Yeah, well, you know. yeah, well, I try Alt, not to give alter you, ego. I'm gonna, we're going to try to give you Dr. Russ for about 30 seconds. OK, <laughs> so um, voice is 
what you find is when employees feel that their ideas, thoughts, and concerns can be heard, treated fairly, and maybe acted on, that impacts their engagement and has a positive impact on the workforce. A lot of times employees don't feel comfortable expressing that, those thoughts, ideas, and concerns, and they choose to be silent. And silence can have an adverse impact on the, uh, can have an adverse impact on organizations, on employees over the past couple of years. You know, before I started that, I always thought about thoughts, ideas, and concerns about things that, as things that can help the organization. But over the past couple of years with, with COVID and wellness and burnout, social justice, I found thoughts, ideas, and concerns about how employees present themselves at work, right? Yeah. So, so as a, as a Black man, um, a couple of years ago, you know, when after the merger of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, I struggled the, my feelings toward that impacted how I was able to present myself at work. Um, I did a I did a podcast with some uh, Asian Americans here in the states right after some massage parlor killings we had last year, and they talked about how what was going on in a different state, but to somebody of their ethnicity, impacted how they presented themselves in the workplace. Where we are now on the back end of COVID, but people experiencing wellness, burnout, anxiety. That impacts how they bring themselves to the workplace. Yeah. Uh, we're taping this March of 2020. So the big thing in the world is what's going on with Ukraine and Russia. Mm -hmm. We have employees at, at my, my day job who are of Eastern European descent, or they have families who are Eastern European descent, or their family of service members who may be positioned in Eastern Europe. That all impacts how they bring themselves to work and their ability to talk about that will align to the voice in silence. And in 2022, where we are right now, what can we be doing to reduce the silence or, or improving and elevating this, this employee voice? Yeah, so, you know, it, it really goes back to, you know, it really goes back to how do you build trust? So the example I use, I'm an old man, you know, 52, I got been That's married. That's not old, for, come on. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, 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 trust me. I go to Gold's Gym where the average age is like 28 or 29. I'm the old man at the party, man. It's embarrassing still, what I They still have Gold's Gym, there you go. Yeah, look, look. I Shout just, out to Gold's Gym. I would see guys my age now and just be like, yeah, why don't you just go over on the elliptical, grandpa? And now I'm grandpa on the elliptical. Ah. <laughs> no, but, but you know, I, I tell people when I talk about voice, my daughter's 30, mm -hmm. and when she was a teenager, she and I had a terrible relationship, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, it was, I think when she, when she became an adult, it hit me like, she's going to need me. And then to be honest with you, I, I need her. Um, something's got to change. Mm -hmm. And, but I think if you asked her, the data and evidence presented for me was that I really didn't want to hear what she had to say. Mm -hmm. and, and fair, fair statement. Um, when we communicated, the goal wasn't as much for me to listen to what she wanted to say, but to convey my message. 
So I had to do this assessment, my self-assessment, and then I had to start to flood our relationship with new data that says, you can trust me. Um, you, can, you can talk about the things that are uncomfortable mm. for you to talk about. Um, and, and it wasn't easy, but if you, you, know, you stay true it, stay true to it, stay authentic, and you build that trust, you, you, be, you exhibit trustworthiness. Mm. And, and what I say now, she's 30 and, you know, we get together for dinner once a month and it's just great. And mm. she'll talk about, she'll talk about her relationships with me. I mean, I've done a good job of creating, mm. um, you're an adult. I don't, I don't judge, but over the course of time to get back to, to kind of your question, um, you have to assess where you are in regards to your, your culture. Do you have a culture where voice is prevalent yeah. or where silence is prevalent? Um, and you can do that through assessments. You can do that through focus groups. Uh, you and I are football guys. So I like Sean Deitch, the, the manager at Burnley. Um, I, you know, hopefully Burnley stays up. Ginger Ninja. When, yeah, yeah when, <laughs> when, but when he got the job, yeah. he walked in and he, he knew the previous manager and he went to mm. the team and said, hey, look, um, I want you to tell me what we can do to make it better. You know, mm. I'm going to give everybody a slip of paper. I'm going to leave. You put it in a box. It's all anonymous. And he said, listen, um, if you just want to tell me what I want to hear, you've missed an opportunity. If you want to be flippant, you've missed an opportunity. Mm. He assessed, he did whatever. And what he found was that they, they found that the players expressed that they weren't practicing as far. Okay. Now I can listen to what you say. So you assess, um, you share the results, you act on that. You, if, if in a corporate setting, you, you figure out what measures, what, what can show success. Mm. I like to do that and link it through values. I just find if you link everything through the organizational values, you should be able to, to hit the target. It's like uh, like a play right out of the Ted Lasso playbook by the, yeah. by the sounds of it. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think I got, I, I'm trying to see where my little believe sticker is, you know? <laughs> So tell me if you if you are if you're a leader in an organization and 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 you're looking to to exhibit these trust behaviors, what are some what are some practical steps that you can take? Yeah, so I think when I consult and talk to people, I talk to the I always ask, all right, tell me what your values are. Mm. Like let's start simple. Yeah. Tell me what your values are, or tell me what your brand is. Mm. I used to start with brand, but a lot of people aren't used to talking about brand at an individual level. Like they hear the, the, the brand of their employer, but speaking about what their brand is and, and figuring out what their values are, what, what's important to you. Yeah. What are the things that you are your foundation to you? And, mm -hmm. and when I say values to people, I say, look, whenever you're in conflict, like your values or what, mm. what drive you in, in essence. Um, if you don't know what your values are, uh, simple, a simple homework assignment is mm. pick, pick your, your circle, you know, your, your friends, family, colleagues, bosses. Mm. Uh, uh, I had a friend who went through, went to ex-girlfriends, uh, <laughs> friends in college. And you literally say two questions, two questions. Um, Tell me what positive impact I've had on you. Tell me what you think I can strengthen about myself. 
And I tell you what, um, I did this with my my buddies from college. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did it with my kids. At this point, they were they were teenagers. Man, you know, some of the people would say stuff where I'd be like, yeah, I get that. But then, you know, I think my older son said something which let me know, you know, you know, when you get teenagers, like, man, they, maybe they're not, they're not paying attention. You know, they're, they're not giving me the voice. Maybe they're not paying attention, but he came back with somewhere. It's like, oh, wow, he's paying attention to everything. So mm. based on that, you can take that data and, and then you align it. And then, and then you come up with your values, you know, mm. you come up with your values, you come up and then you say, you're going to live with those values. So let's bring it to the workplace. Um, I have three values. Keep three, keep it nice mm-hmm. and simple. Trust, confidence, and availability. Um, trust, um, trust is, is the special sauce to everything. Everything I've said, voice, silence, value, empowerment, disengagement, it all has something to do with trust. Um, confidence, confidence impacts engagement. So I would tell staff, I may make you uncomfortable, I may put you in an uncomfortable position because I'm trying to grow mm-hmm. you. But I guarantee you, I will never put you in a position where you will fail. Never. Um, mm. And if you, you know, if you're if you're an introvert, and I put you, you know, recommend you get into a speaking speaking format, then if we got to do nine dry runs before you go live. We'll mm. do nine dry runs. We'll mm. we'll put you in that position. Um, I had someone. <laughs> I could tell she was nervous, and I said, "But yeah, look, look, you're going to be on a Zoom." So, you know, right next to your computer screen, you know, put a little picture of your son, something that makes you smile and then, <laughs> and then that's your trick, right? Right. And then availability, I just find where we are in the world, pre-COVID, nobody had capacity. Now with wellness and burnout, people really don't have capacity. Mm. So when you articulate avail- being available is something that's important and, and saying, I'm going to do the best I can to make myself available for you. Hmm. And if I can't be available at this moment in time, here's the time when I will be available to you. Hmm. And then what I learned from a voice and silence standpoint, I wrote a, I read a book last year called, are you listening by Kate Murphy? Great book. Because what it says is we ask people for voice. We ask employees for voice. We ask Hmm. employees for feedback, but have we trained leaders Hmm. how to actually listen to feedback? Yeah. So something simple like me is if someone comes into my office, I literally say, hey, let me check this one thing. And then I'm going to put my phone away so I can give you my undivided attention. Yeah. Or or as a spouse, I used to always, you know, I'd be my wife would be saying something and I'm watching TV. Yeah, honey. Yeah, honey. Yeah, honey. <laughs> You're not listening to me. Oh, yeah. You said A, B, C, D. And I could repeat everything she said and understood it. But now it's like, but she needs that that eye contact that I'm locked in. <laughs> so that, that's where availability and you take those values and they should link to your organization values and you should be mm. able to make stuff happen. I like that. I also like the acronym there, the CTA. And I like, <laughs> well, thought, thought about, about that before. Yeah, I haven't thought about that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Messing around, I got myself a blessing this evening and tomorrow and afternoon for you. You are listening to Let's Talk About EX, a podcast from Exona. If you need some support, guidance, or ideas when it comes to employee experience, workplace culture, or wellness, head to exona.com and contact me.
Now, let's jump back into the podcast. So spoke a little bit about culture and engagement now. I'm interested to understand your perspective when it comes to comes to diversity um, and inclusion. Where do you think we're going with diversity and inclusion and in what direction do you think or what path will it take in the coming years? I think the challenge, I think in the various hats I wear, the challenge with diversity and inclusion right now is there just is not any quality control. So it's it's personal for me. Um, and and I, you know, I'm learning on this. So I say you're in three camps. Uh, what I found is they're opportunists and that can be good or bad. They're enthusiasts and that can be good or bad. And they're experts. I think I'm in the enthusiast camp. Um, they're definitely people who understand the topic better than me. Um, I try to keep it simple. Um, yeah, so I think, I think employees should be able to talk about things that better the organization and things that represent how they present themselves in the workplace. So I have to be for diversity and inclusion and diversity for everybody, inclusive for everybody. There are different ways to do it. You know, you, as you know, there are different ways to do engagement. I'm voice. There, there are people who believe in it from recognition or onboarding. From a diversity standpoint, there are people who are into it for inclusion or belonging. Um, I think if you weave it in to the values of your you as a person or an organization, and you have ways to reward and recognize those who represent that well, and find ways to hold people who don't embody those values that roll into diversity and inclusion, hold those people accountable, then you should be fine. Um, but it takes a lot of concern, intentionality. Uh, it's way beyond unconscious bias training. And training is just the start of a conversation. You know, It's got to get into the talent management aspect. Sometimes it's got to get into the customers. Like uh, mm. uh, I define diversity, you know, in in uh, very layman's terms, your workforce should look like your industry, the regions where you operate, and your customer base. Yeah, and your leadership should look like your workforce. <laughs> so <laughs> if you do that, then you should be diverse and you should mm. be inclusive. So I don't know whether that answers your question. That's a long. Long winding road. Hopefully, I answered. <laughs> no, you definitely did, and I think you uh, provoked a number of number of thoughts um, uh, and things that are on a lot of people's mind as well. Um, I've I've got a symphony, I think, of dogs in the neighbourhood who who've just decided to join and agree you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, agree but, with you there. I don't know if you but can hear one, But here's the thing, right? You know, <laughs> the one thing I would say is here it is. You know, mm. it's Thursday morning in Australia. Mm. You know, um, white guy talking to a black guy, Washington, D.C. on Wednesday night. The common theme is employee engagement. Mm. But we we take a chance to talk to each other and learn about yeah. each other's experiences. So um, I think the, you know, social media, the flattening of the world technology has done a lot of good things. It makes it possible for you and me to, to have this conversation right now in real time. Yeah. 
the challenge also has is it's created these echo chambers where you can spend your life never encountering anybody who thinks different than you do and that's a problem so you've got to find a way to talk to people you normally don't talk to who aren't in your circle or who don't look like you Mm. or may experience the world different so you can hear this good now we're getting back to the voice to actually hear their experience and their story. Yeah, and I, th- I think the other thing as well is everyone who who makes that effort enriches their own life as well. You know, if you reach out and you and you want to try and understand, I mean, you don't know what you don't know what you don't know um, uh, uh, as well. And I think you could choose, and I think I believe it is a choice that you can choose to be ignorant um, or you can choose to do something about it and at least try and attempt to understand. And that comes back to your point about listening um, uh, as well and making yourself available. Um, Russell, I've, I've really enjoyed, as I always do, talking with you. I want to thank you and I want to wish you the best of luck in the upcoming papers and speaking events <laughs> that you have uh, that you have going on. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, mate. No, hey, man. Kudos to you, Ryan. Um, like, let me say, I talk about the the where I was during the George Floyd thing, and I did a post on LinkedIn that, that was just like, you know what, I don't really feel okay, and and I mean, you and I, we we both know some mutual friends in the employee engagement game, but we had never had a conversation. And you saw my post, and just hit me on LinkedIn, like, hey, I don't know you, but you want to chat, and uh, man, I just have so much respect for you. Um, anything I can do to help you on this on this this journey you're on, um, I'm I'm proud that I'm the number two podcast. That I'm the second podcast. Uh, I don't know if hopefully you'll make it to three. This could be the one that <laughs> that ends it. But hey, man, kudos to you for what you do for in the employee engagement game. Um, I'm excited and honored to uh, to watch you evolve to this next step. So thanks for having me on, and much respect to you, brother. I absolutely appreciate that. And it's not very nice things that you've said. Uh, but the truth is you you have helped me. You helped me by coming on today. And I'm sure you've helped many other people who are listening. So thank you again, Russell. All the best. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Ryan. And that is the end of the episode. You've been listening to Russell Robinson, founder of Amplified Research and Consulting. He's also an adjunct professor at American University on key executive leadership. And he is the chief inspiration officer for Inspire DC, Inspiring Workplaces. Now you can follow Russell on LinkedIn and many other places. And I'll leave you by saying goodbye and thank you for listening. Please follow us and subscribe on Spotify. And if you want to hear more about what I or what Exona does, then please head to exona.com. Thank you. Have a great day.